Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is honesty. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Talking openly and honestly to another person about ourselves in an attitude that reflects self-responsibility is critical to recovery. It's important to admit what we have done wrong to others and to ourselves, verbalize our beliefs and our behaviors, get our resentments and fears out in the open. That is how we release our pain. That's how we release old beliefs and feelings. That's how we are set free. The more clear and specific we can be with our higher power, ourselves, and another person, the more quickly we will experience that freedom. Step five is an important part of the recovery process. For those of us who have learned to keep secrets from others and ourselves, it is not just a step. It is a leap toward becoming healthy. Today, I will remember that it's okay to talk about the issues that bother me. It is by sharing my issues that I will grow beyond them. I will also re remember that it's okay to be selective about those in whom I confide. I can trust my instincts and choose someone who will not use my disclosures against me and who will give me healthy feedback. You know, I grew up in a very, like, kind of paranoid, um, and, 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 you know, sometimes I think there's justification to it, but um, I really like the nuance. And, you know, again, the 12 steps rooms are the only rooms in the world, including rooms in therapy that I've found in my lifetime that I can talk freely, um, you know, about shame. And, you know, it's not just important. I mean, it's not just okay, as in the reading that it says to talk about the issues that bother me. It's vitally important um, because, you know, the, the, the tendency to act out, um, you know, whatever manner is, is possible. Um, but it's also not great to go to completely to the other side and tell everybody everything because, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, sick people out there and uh, through no fault, not bad people. Um, and so it is good to, you know, continue to work through these programs and to develop that and trust that intuition, which, um, you know, I think this is the first time in my adult life, I feel like I am moving toward that intuition and, um, you know, a lot less uh, and away from like should and what sounds right. So as usual, Melody Beatty uh, is right on the money. The next reading also comes from the language of letting go, and the topic is property lines. A helpful tool in a recovery, especially in the behavior we call detachment, is learning to identify who owns what. Then we let each person own and possess his or her rightful property. If another person has an addiction, a problem, a feeling, or a self-defeating behavior, that is their property not ours. If someone is a martyr, immersed in negativity, controlling, or manipulative behavior, that is their issue, not ours. If someone has acted and experienced a particular consequence, both the behavior and the consequence belong to that person. If someone is in denial or cannot think clearly on a particular issue, that confusion belongs to him or her. If someone has a limited or impaired ability to love or care, that is his or her property, not ours. If someone has no approval or nurturing to give away, that 
is that person's property. People's lies, deceptions, tricks, manipulations, abusive behaviors, inappropriate behaviors, cheating behaviors, and tacky behaviors belong to them, too, not us. People's hopes and dreams are their priority. Their guilt belongs to them, too. Their happiness or misery is also theirs. So are their beliefs and messages. If some people don't like themselves, that is their choice. Other people's choice are their property, not ours. What people choose to say and do is their business. What is our property? Our property includes our behaviors, problems, feelings, happiness, misery, choices, and messages, our ability to love, care, and nurture, our thoughts, our denial, our hopes, and dreams for ourselves. Whether we allow ourselves to be controlled, manipulated, deceived, or mistreated is our business. In recovery, we learn an appropriate sense of ownership. If something isn't ours, we don't take it. If we take it, we learn to give it back. Let other people have their property and learn to own and take good care of what's ours. Today, I will work at developing a clear sense of what belongs to me and what doesn't. If it's not mine, I won't keep it. I will deal with my issues, my responsibilities, and myself. I will take my hands off what is not mine. This is something, um, there's so much wisdom and really like a mission statement in here about what one is responsible for and isn't. And, you know, I think when you grow up and, and boundaries are not defined and the word boundaries, not even a definition, it's not even a word in the language. Um, there is definitely, you know, like I think, one thing I've noticed is I've carried resentments out of loyalty to dysfunctional family systems. They're not mine. Like like a lot of the things that I believe, they're like not my thoughts. I think the the word Alice Miller takes is interjects. And I keep forgetting. I really want to start uh, also reading from Alice Miller's, uh, you know, on this uh, podcast because I just I find her uh, insights very um accurate. So I, I think the, the, the part is that I'm not responsible for other people's addictions um, and problems. And I, I am responsible for mine. And uh, I am responsible for asking for help. You know, a lot of times there's this, you know, this concept that, you know, the wishful thinking, there's going to be a rescuer. Uh, that does not mean that I can't ask for help, but I'm responsible for asking for help. I can't resent someone, you know, expecting them to help me and not ask for it. Um, God, I love these, these readings. It's, it's truly, uh, it just, I mean, changed my life. I mean, there's so much garbage out there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like Twitter wannabes and it's just this timeless wisdom, um, is, is really amazing. And it's just a privilege to do this, uh, podcast. Uh, moving on to another, uh, just jewel of literature, ACAs, uh, we move on to ACA and the topic, ACA strengthening my recovery. The topic is letting go. Recovery is not about perfection. It is in the becoming that we experience the promises of recovery. Some of us thought we had to figure out how to work the ACA program perfectly. We grew up in homes where that was the norm and we expected nothing less of ourselves. 
We attended meetings and just knew everything would suddenly fall into place because we showed up and did the homework. <laughs> However, in the rogue process we followed, we missed the vital step of discovering, discovering and nurturing our inner child. We didn't make room for our feelings and for the process that helps us uncover who we are truly meant to be. As a result, when we finally experienced a different bottom, one we didn't expect, we found our higher power waiting for us to reach out. Now we accept that we are a work in progress, letting ourselves be who, where we are. We don't know all the answers and discover that we might not find them soon. We are learning to let go of perfection, and that is a hard nut to crack. We live with unsolved problems because it's part of being human. This is part of the freedom we are discovering. The promises of recovery are now being fulfilled. On this day, I let go of my own ideas of what recovery should look like and open my heart to what it is. A series of unfolding experiences that I welcome with gratitude. Um, just really, uh, this is just an amazing passage. Not much more um, to say, but I, you know, recovery is not about perfection. I start to realize life is not about perfection. And, you know, for me, it's this work that has made me start to see um, the truth in things that other people have said. For example, um, uh, perfectionism is a worthy low ideal or something like that. Um, I just love, I, I just love strengthening my recovery. And now to our final reading, and the topic is a sense of purpose. Our experience shows that the steps are a proven way of life, yielding new meaning and a sense of purpose in one's life today. Did we save a life today? Did we smile or have a kind word for a stranger? We might not know if that stranger was in the midst of despair, wondering if life was even worth living. Could our simple act of kindness have brought even the smallest spark of hope to that person? We're not responsible for what others do, but we can consider the possibility that our recovery brings us new awareness of what is happening around us and po the positive impact we can have in the seemingly meaningless everyday contact. You know, I thought for like the longest time that like, you know, my situation was different and, and I was the only one going through rough times. And I think the more and more you become a part of society, a part of the world, you realize, you know, we're all suffering in all our different ways. And, um, you know, it just, it allows me to develop and, you know, um, empathy and compassion at times that I, you know, didn't even think I had. Back to the reading. We go through each day deep in our own thoughts. Often we unwittingly avoid eye contact with others. Even if we're not having... Yeah, and that was one of the things about some of the people that I saw early on in recovery was they would look you in their eye or they just had those eyes. Um, God. Back to the reading. Even if we're not having the best day, smiling at a stranger and perhaps seeing a smile return feels good. Maybe we let that person in line behind us go ahead when we have a basket full and they have one item. Or we take a few extra seconds to make eye contact with the clerk and wish them a good day. These random acts of kindness can brighten someone's day and help us feel connected. We may never know the impact we make through our actions, even if we only spread a bit of joy in the moment. But it is worth the effort to carry this message of hope. On this day, I will remember that what I learned through ACA and the steps is not just for me. My progress can affect everyone whose life I touch. And that concludes today's episode of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself 
to feel my feelings, to love myself, and to pause, because that is where God is.